Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is She Love. Hello, it's Davida. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Anna Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bailey. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole. Welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> Sex Party with your host, Dustin Ripka. Hello and welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. With me on the show this week, returning guest and friend of the show, Madison Card. You may remember Madison from episode 30. This time around, Madison is here to promote her new dating reality show, Coming Out for Love, 16 queer women in a house in the Palm Springs desert, all competing for the love and affection of one woman. How dramatic does it get? How different is it? From other reality shows, she can't say a lot of details. The show hasn't aired, but there may or may not be some plot spoilers in here. I will let you guys decide. Madison is also a stripper. She takes us inside the strip club. How much money does she make? What it's really like to work in a strip club, to be a stripper? How hard is it? There's a story about a pair of torn pussy lips and another disturbing story about a Jimmy John's manager. Madison also has an OnlyFans. I ask her how much money she makes, what she does on her OnlyFans, and we talk a lot in this episode about boundaries around all of this stuff, sex work, reality shows, all of it. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Madison Card. This week's conversation. conversation. Madison Card, welcome back to Sex Party. Hey. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be back. Yeah, no, it is. It's good to have you back. Um, I feel like a lot has changed, right? Uh, in the in 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 episode thirty, um, you came on the show. You kind of uh, I don't want to say dropped a bomb, right? But you, a little bit. yeah. I mean, you know, in your in your previous life, you were married to a dude, yep. um, and then without whatever, just to catch the audience up, without any warning, you sort of all of a sudden weren't married to a dude, and you're a lesbian, and all these things, right? And everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And like, you never yep. told anybody. You came on this show in episode thirty and told them the full story they can find the actual clip on youtube they can find the episode there too uh make sure to like and subscribe but okay since then right what um what's new well after i got divorced from a man instead of <laughs> rebounding and breaking hearts i decided in the moment to apply to a reality dating show um i had a casting director slide in my dms and be like i think you're perfect for this and so i just said fuck it and applied kind of forgot about it and then two or three days before we started filming, got the call and shipped out to Palm Springs to film the first show of its kind. It's called Coming Out for Love. It's an all lesbian and queer dating show for women and non-binary folks. And um, it was a wild ride. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, just from what I've seen, like teaser wise, it looks pretty well. I mean, these dating shows... Um, are kind of bonkers uh, yes. 10 years ago, right? But then now, uh, but you're right, like there really isn't anything like this because it's it's super different in the sense that it is all lesbians, right? It is a women and it's like, it sort of feels like uh, less, I don't know, to me, it just feels like less bullshit because I feel like I have a small bit of history. I really probably won't go into it for a while on, on the show, but I was cast on a reality show uh a long time ago and at the I last yeah and i don't think anybody does uh it's a big one too and at the last second i decided to not do it and i'm really glad i did that but when i was there my experience was that there was just a ton of like drama bullshit right and i feel like this while it has drama i just feel like the teasers at least set it up where it's like this seems pretty like cut and dry fun wild you know so i don't know what you can say yeah, so I thought it was going to be, like you said, typical reality TV. I grew up watching The Real World, Tila Tequila, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I was more prepared to honestly get a drink thrown in my face than <laughs> confront some like seriously important topics. Um, it got really deep really fast, and I was not expecting that. So we touch on, obviously, topics like homophobia, but there's also topics like ableism and racism, and we really dive into a lot of the contestants childhood trauma we cried a lot there was obviously still the drinking and the spin the bottle in the hot tub the typical <laughs> stuff but 
it goes into a lot of uh, discussions that I was not expecting as a contestant. Yeah. So yeah. W- when you got there, it was immediately, did it just throw you? Or do, do you think that that's how they wanted it? Or because in, in my experience, um, I, I was exactly like you were. I got to this place, right? Um, I did a little bit of it. There's some footage, whatever, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I was just waiting for something dramatic to like explode or like, okay, who's in the you know closet, like running around with whatever. And none of that happened. And it was actually people's like drama, drama that started when the cameras were off for me, that started to really kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this. This this seems stupid. Yeah. I don't know if I would recommend doing reality (laughs) TV. Um, It's a lot. Really what people don't see that I can tell you about is the exhaustion. Um, What people don't understand is you're filming constantly. There's cameras everywhere. It's 24 seven. So when you see someone crying over spilled milk, it's not really the spilled milk they're crying over. You know what I mean? It's, it's a buildup. There's so much going on. Um, but initially it was fun. And then I'd say probably 24 hours in, um, it started to get really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You can't say how long you were there, but I'm assuming, I'm just assuming. So nobody, yeah, I'm assuming it was a while. Well, you don't have your phone either. Right. So there's no phone. There's no communication with the outside world. They just throw you into this house, these strangers that you end up getting close to really quickly because you're totally immersed in the situation. Um, it was a wild ride and we filmed about two years ago. So even just remembering some of this stuff now is a little foggy and reliving it is, I'm like, wow, we we really did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look back on my uh, my Instagram, Facebook memories from two years ago. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I could only imagine <laughs> being on a reality show two years ago. So, yeah. okay, two years, 2019, 2020. What year is this? I can't remember. Um, it's 2023. It was in okay. 2021. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so kind of like mid-COVID. So that's no fun either, right? Great. Yeah, that was definitely a factor. Um, it still is a little bit, honestly, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but back then, definitely still uh, very much a COVID era. Right. <clears throat> so you filmed in Hollywood. It was everybody living in one house? How many women were, were in this place? So we were in Palm Springs. Mm. We had 16 singles uh, competing for one lead love. So similar <sighs> to The Bachelor style, except gay. <laughs> okay. So lots of backstabbing. Oh my gosh. Um, maybe not as much backstabbing as you might think, but we won't know until we watch the episodes, right? Because I don't know what was yeah. going on that I didn't see. So I'm going to be just as surprised as everyone watching with us. We haven't seen the episodes ahead of time. So I don't know. I don't even know who won at this point, um, um, to be honest with you. So I'm excited to see how it all comes together. <laughs> well... I mean, you could be misdirecting everyone right now. So I that's could. yeah, I yeah. Win. Someone yeah. else win? We don't sure. know. Sure. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, what would you say? Uh, we touched on a little bit, right? But to to like really nail it, what would you say makes this one different? Besides the obvious, right? Like, is right. there small differences, big differences? Like, I talked about backstabbing, sure, mm-hmm. but like, I just to me, it just feels like again, it just feels a lot more fun than than like the ones I've seen. You know what I mean? So. So I think the difference, aside from it obviously being a gay reality show, first of its kind, uh, I would say how deep it gets and how is it different? Oh, man. Because there's obviously drama, but it's not stupid, superficial drama. It's like genuine people being triggered and showcasing where they came from. It's also different in that... Oh, how do I say it without <laughs> doing a lot? It's so hard not to give away spoilers. Let yeah. me just tell you. It's hard um, to talk around it to ask you questions, actually. It is hard yeah. to talk around it. It's very different in every way. Like, And as an actor, I came in trying to be prepared, right? Because I didn't want the game to play me. But because I thought it was going to be like the real world, the game did play me. I was prepared for fake bullshit, not like genuine conversation. So I think the audiences are going to be shocked by that, too, and that it's different because we are going to grab your heartstrings immediately and not in a, I want this person to win kind of way in a, like I can relate to their story. And then the diversity is what really pops out for me too. Like we have a deaf woman on the show. We have a variety of backgrounds. We have a a variety of ages. 
Um, it's not just like 22 to 26, right? I believe we have the age range between early 20s up into mid 40s. So there's a lot of ageism in Hollywood. So I know that the older ladies on the show were really appreciative of the fact that they were included in that like, hey, there are queer women and non-binary folks in that age bracket that are still looking for love, that are still in the closet, that are still figuring out how they identify, whether it's bisexual or lesbian or anything and all things in between. So we had a really uh, large span of experiences as queer women and non-binary people. So I thought that I was going to be on the tail end of, you know, I came out when I was really young, but we talked about this in the previous Mm -hmm. episode of like, just now owning my power as a lesbian, I'm 28 years old. I thought I was on the older end. So from my experience, it was nice to know there are people, you know, younger and older than me having similar experiences. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fucking giant, uh, you know, point to, to really push. And, and, and it, it does seem like the show, um, I, I want to say more emotional, right. But yes. I, but you, but you hit it better by saying heartstrings. Cause it, mm-hmm. uh, anybody can be like, like you said, the, the throw the drink, throw the pie in someone's face, like you slept yep. with or whatever, anybody that, and all the shows do do that. Um, and good yeah. for them. It's fucking trashy fun. Right. But with, with this show, the clip that I saw, it went from like, uh, fun, sexy to like, oh shit, what? Like really quickly. And it just seemed more, um, more driven in the lane of, uh, I don't want to say reality cause that's cheesy, but like <laughs> more driven in the lane of like truth, right? You, yeah. I can tell by the look on your face. Um, I've known you through the computer and through, you know, Instagram, right. Um, one-sidedly for a long time. And then obviously we did an episode together, but I could tell by the look on your face that that was real. You weren't acting. And that's what grabbed me about the show. Oh no, real tears, (laughs) real tears for sure. I cried pretty much the whole season. Um, I wasn't expecting to do that. I'm an emotional person, but normally I can keep my shit together on camera at least. Um, and that will just prove to you that the topics that get brought up happened so organically, even the production team on the other side of the camera. I just remember their jaws dropped like, Holy shit. We're catching like, not only queer history, but like emotional gold. And it wasn't from my perspective planted. I mean, there's obviously some (laughs) things in reality TV that are encouraged. We know this. If you don't know this, I'm sorry to ruin reality TV for you. We are actors at the end of the day, but those topics that came up happened so organically that all of us were just like, wait, is this what we're here to do? Like I support it, but I could have used a little warning or a box of tissues next to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like the Chris Jenner school of of uh, yeah. of dramatic yeah. arts, right? Um, and we love that because it does make it does make shit better. But at this point, it just you kind of feel like, oh, they've done it all, right? Um, mm-hmm. Are they going to space? Uh, is one of them a right. fucking AI, a sex bot, or like whatever? But like, and then here comes this show that's different and cool and fun, um, without giving too much away, because obviously. You know, we don't want someone to hit you with a dart or something, um, uh, Marvel Studios style. Uh, Uh But hmm, what was the wildest thing? Let's see. This is tough, right? What was the wildest thing, the wildest feeling you felt, right, without giving away what happens uh, during this experience? What was the one thing you walked away from like, God damn, I didn't know I would feel like that or? (laughs) So uh, (laughs) let's say... What I, the lesson I walked away with and worked through in extensive therapy after the show, because the show fucked me up. Uh, I think it fucked up a couple of the contestants, to be honest with you. Uh, Google the people you make out with, like, or rather Google people before you make out with them, because you might find out they are someone that does not align mm. with your morals or any part of your life. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would say is make sure you know people before you start, you know, tying tongues because yeah. you can't unkiss <laughs> someone. This is you very, can't people either. So very true. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's my like little queer word of wisdom is Google people before you make out with them. We love that. Um, right. Totally. So give someone uh, on this topic, right? Because I feel like one of us is going to say something accidentally. So in closing okay. on, on, on the, yeah, totally on this topic, right? Like if someone is wanting to be in reality TV, they're obsessed. They want to get on the show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what should they know before entering that world? Because my advice would be don't do it, but, you, but you're, right. you know. That would be my advice too. But I would say know yourself, know your boundaries, write out a list of things you would never want to do on camera because you will be put in that position and you need to have a really firm sense of self. And even me, someone who does have a firm sense of self, I can tell you with 100% certainty that I had the confidence I could handle this after 10 years in the industry, thought I'd seen it all, the game totally played me. It was not what I expected. So my advice would be, don't do it. Don't be obsessed with things you have. It's kind of like, don't meet your idols. Mm, You know what I mean? You think you know, but you don't. Reality TV is not what people think it is. That's why it's such a brilliant like method to watch TV. We all have that. We love trash TV. It's so fun. Yeah, But it's not so much fun to be on. I would be careful what you idolize, not to ruin reality TV for everyone. But my advice is don't freaking do it. Or if you're going to do it, do it with a purpose, right? We had some incredible musicians on the show whose music is going to catapult because of this. There are some people who did fall in love, that that was their intention and more power to them. That obviously wasn't me. Uh, (laughs) I was trying to you know, put myself out there after my divorce, uh, prioritize my career. If I found someone I fell in love with, if I did or if I didn't, that was an extra bonus for me. So maybe I would say don't do reality dating shows. Maybe go for like a cooking show or like Survivor or Big Brother, something like that. I could see being more fun, but I haven't done it. So I couldn't tell you it might be even worse than a dating show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the dating show reality, God, again, I'm not going to go into my experience, but like (laughs) it it, it does. I mean, it's all dramatic. It's all whatever. But even like the survivors and shit, you fall for people. Yeah, I'll say it is fun. Yeah. But um, just if you're going to do it, go in with an open mind and very firm boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, in an Andy Warhol world, post Andy Warhol, right? We're all on a reality show. It just depends on how much you want to turn that little fucking camera on on your phone. I mean, yep. all of TikTok, all of Instagram is one big reality show happening. Yeah. And you think you'll handle it well, but what people don't realize is the cameras are on. It's not like when you're handling a dramatic moment in life and you can go home and text your best friend or take a shower and just lay in bed. The cameras are there the whole time. Yeah, they I mean, see your whole process. right, right. They they actually like uh, again, not saying too much on my end, but like they record everything and then edit out things later. Uh, so take that with you guys. Um, amazing. Uh, well, I'm like pumped for the first episode to drop. Um, yeah, I'm pumped too because there's really good representation. Like I previously previously said. And the representation that I personally am really excited about is the fact that I'm a stripper and I got to talk about being a stripper openly on this show, which we all know, you know, on the internet and stuff, sex workers can be seen. We're obviously still shadow banned and things like that. But on shows like reality TV or cable television or whatever, having representation for sex workers is just not really there yet. So that was a really cool thing. Yeah, no. And as a podcaster, I appreciate that fucking uh, amazing transition you just provided, right? Because I was looking hey, for it. And I'm like, hey, where's it at, right? Um, <laughs> this is going to be a hard transition. And then there you are with the layup, Psh, Michael Jordan, right? Thank hey. you. We, pre- we appreciate that. We make a good team. Um, okay, yeah. This is something that we, you and I have gone back and forth with offline as they say uh we want to take the audience like inside your mind into the strip club um and i think let's just start at the beginning how long have you been a stripper yeah so two years um i started at the tail end of my relationship with my ex-husband um it was before we had filed for divorce or anything like that but we were talking about breaking up and him and I are still really good friends. Um, There was no animosity. I'm very, very lucky in that aspect that we had such a lovely divorce, but I still, uh, you know, needed to untangle my life with his, we were together for nine years. So I had to move, find a new house, like all the things. And so my friend that I knew growing up actually from Catholic school, which is hilarious, uh, (laughs) had started dancing at a club and asked me why I had it stripped before, because I've been dancing my whole life. I did burlesque in LA. I went to college for dance. I was in the Colorado Ballet as a kid. 
Uh, and I have also done nude modeling. So she was just confused why I hadn't dove into sex work. And so at that point I hadn't, um, I had just nude modeled and I was like, you know what, why haven't I like really what's the difference between stripping and burlesque, like just pasties on your nipples. And so I auditioned and I got the job and I started working at that club. And since then I've worked at a couple. Um, but I basically use stripping as a cash avenue to, get out of my marriage. Um, it's really expensive and it's a really long process. So stripping is one of those jobs that's highly judged. But from my experience, the people I met there are students, they're single mothers, they're people escaping abusive relationships. They're women who want to retire early and are very smart with investing. Um, there's also obviously people who are drug addicts and, you know, not the best humans, but for the majority of my experience personally, strippers are just smart about money. And it's one of those jobs where you can make two weeks of a paycheck in one night. Um, and I file taxes. I'm super on, you know, on book with everything that I do. But some people also like to have, you know, cash on the side under the table just to help them get by. So, yeah. Um, cash on the side under the table all over the place <laughs> in a strip club, right? It's fucking everywhere. Yes. And, and, yes. and the thing that I think, you know, people, especially in the last, I don't know, like pre, we'll say like pre OnlyFans, right? So like the last, mm -hmm. like five years ago, 10 years ago, everyone would just be like, well, geez, with these prices, I'm just going to, I'm going to become a stripper. You know what I mean? And it's like the thing right. that people don't realize is that stripping is fucking hard, right? Not only is it physical, it's like mental. You have to be mm -hmm. a hustler. You have to watch your shit from everybody. Right. But also like, it's so hard physically. Um, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, going into that, like, most people don't realize the reason that pole dancers don't wear a lot of clothing is because you're gripping with your skin. So it's not only strength, it's like holding up your entire body weight by like your elbow pit or like literally just angling your body and the weight of your head will hold your foot on the pole. Like it's <sighs> unbelievably athletic. And it took me a long time to get good at pole dancing. I actually paid one of my fellow dancers. I call her my work wife because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I did floor work and my burlesque moves. And it took me like six months to even be able to have the stamina to hold myself on the pole. And actually I've been taking a break recently because, so I found out later that because of the car accident I got in, I got rear-ended. I had like a, a predisposed area for injury, but I actually broke my back pole wow. dancing at work. So I have a herniated disc right now because it's just that hard. So I'll be fine. We're healing. This happened in September, but like people get injured all the time. I've seen girls fall and break their nose. I've seen people snap pinkies on the pole. It's yeah. yeah. I've yeah. seen people rip their pussy lips on the pole. Like yeah. <laughs> my club wasn't a full nude club. So I didn't have to worry about that luckily, but the full nude gals more power to you because it is dangerous. Yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's, let's go back to the, yes. the ripping open of, or the ripping off or whatever you said of the pussy lips. Okay. What the fuck? Let's, when you saw that, did you just immediately like freeze? Did you throw up? Like what? <laughs> she yelled, we were practicing, um, not during club hours. Cause you really got to practice on the poles you're performing on. Cause some of them are stagnant. Some of them spin. Some clubs have short ceilings, tall ceilings. And depending on your physical anatomy, you're going to grip the pole in a different spot on your legs. So I grip the pole on my thighs, lower down towards my knees. Some mm -hmm. girls grip real close. And if you go too quick, I'm pretty sure your imagination can fill in the blanks here. Like I said earlier, your skin is what's gripping you. So you got to be careful where, where that pole is. So was it a 911 call or was it like, no. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> it right. was just like, I'm going to walk funny for a couple of days. Kind of yeah. Situation. yeah. 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 I mean, I can't yeah. imagine it's again. And like, I was picturing it during work hours, right? But like a practice. Oh, no, but I did see a girl rip her nipple ring half out during work uh, hours. And that was a bloody mess. That one, that was not good. Yeah, let's call an ambulance, evacuate the building. There's <laughs> oh, blood she everywhere. just put a band-aid on it and mm. kept dancing. She was such a badass. She's like, it's fine. See, you have to be tough to be a stripper. You and you it's, it's mental, it's physical, it's yep. getting glass in your knees, bruises everywhere. Like we're bruised all the time. We call them pole kisses because it just is. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um 
everyone's going to wonder like, well, I wonder how much she makes. Right. So let's like, yeah. let's put it let's on this. It. Yeah. Let's put it on the spectrum. Like what are the, what days do you work? What, what are the best days to work when you started? Were they putting you on mm-hmm. off days? Let's start there. Right. So every club and location is different, obviously, but I will tell you, do not trust strippers on TikTok about how much <laughs> money they make. Uh, that is money that's been pooled for the week and they post it as if it's one shift because of some internalized, you know, uh, issues with sex work. Like you don't have to be making that much money every shift for it to be worth working. Right. So it all adds up. And when you compare it to say minimum wage or even what your local nurses are making, um, I've had shifts where I made $50. That's about as low as I've made. I've seen girls make $0 after they pay their house fee because, we are uh, independent contractors. We pay to dance. So typically speaking, each club will have different amounts that you pay to dance depending on what time you get there to incentivize you working day shifts, right? So say you work at noon, you get a free house, like a house fee. If you work at 5 p.m., it's like 50 bucks. If you want to work for three hours from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., you can do that, but you have to pay to do it. So that's going to be like 150 bucks. So once you make that amount of money, everything else you make, unless you work at a club where you're required to tip. And I did work at a club where you were required to tip. And it was getting to the point where dancers were making 40, 50% of what they actually made, which is horrendous. Not all clubs are like that. So you really just have to compare and contrast. Like I said, I've made $50. I've made two grand. You know, I had one night, (laughs) probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, Jimmy John's is a franchise. So nobody's going to know who it was. We had a Jimmy John's owner come in for like a work retreat and use his work credit card at the club. And I basically let him make homophobic, homophobic comments at me all night. And he would just pay me to like be mean to me. And I literally racked up his credit card to like 28, 30 grand for the club. But then I only made like $6,000. Right. So think about that. Yeah. That's a big, it's a lot of money, but mm-hmm. the club owners make so much more and they're almost exclusively owned by men. So we make a lot of money, but we pay out a lot of money as well. And so I've had months where I've made, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. I've had months where I made $3,500, $4,000, right? Which is pretty typical to someone making a somewhat high paying job, which is sad to say, because that's really not that much money. Yeah. I, well, and before we get to that, right, because you're right. Mm-hmm. The, the, so this guy, this Jimmy Johns, the Ooh. dude's making it rain on the company card in the strip club, right? Yeah. But uh he, this was like a degradation kink that he had that he wanted to do with you or was it like more yeah. like real? Um, I don't know. And quite frankly, I didn't really care because mm. it was so funny. Like he put a fedora on my head and then called me like, you know, homophobic slurs and then would hand me money. But yeah. I've also had customers that want me to be mean to them. Like I had someone Venmo me my full rent because I let them say that they hated me or I've had people that just want me to be mean to them or whip my hair in their face. I've had people just want to smell my shoes. Um, it's, (laughs) there is some crazy shit out there that I had no idea. And, um, literally anything can be a kink. And I, people are so shameless about it in the club and I'm trying to be a judgment free zone for all Mm -hmm. people. But there were some of them where I was like, it's not for me, dog. You can go to the next dancer (laughs) because I, that's another area you need firm boundaries. Same with reality TV. Before you go in the strip club, you better know what your boundaries are and be able to say no and be firm in them and be willing to cause a ruckus if someone tries to cross them because they will try to cross them. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it, not it, the it, safest job. Let's no. be honest about that. No. Yeah. It is It is sex work, right? And so that's something exactly. that and no one is protected. I mean, there's bouncers there that I mean, I'm not shitting on anybody, but like when you're alone in a fucking box with somebody and you're Mm -hmm. naked, half naked, like people just get ideas, right? And you do have mostly, most of the time you have consent on what level of nudity you go to, depending on the club. Like I said, I've never done full nude. No hate on anybody that does. It's just not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to have your boundaries. And there are some girls that we call them extras. So some girls do extras, right? In the club or outside of the club. Um, I, it's not for me. I never have, I never will. And that was a boundary I knew going in. I am never doing anything sexual with a customer ever. It is dancing and performing for me. You try to touch me, you're going to get a heel to your head. That's the type of stripper I am right now. Not to say that's above or below anyone. Everybody has their own boundaries and that's for them to decide for themselves. 
That being said, it can be hard to compete with other dancers who are giving blowjobs when that's just not how you make your bag. So you have to keep that in mind. Some clubs turn a blind eye. Some clubs will fire you on the spot if you even let them touch your your titties or something like that. Um, I've worked in both types of clubs. So for me, I always had to hold my boundaries. Yeah, the bouncers are there for when it gets extreme, but subtle touches and stuff like that, you have to slap those hands away immediately and make it clear. And if not, you walk away. Or at least that's what I do. Yeah. So, okay. Extras, right? So blowjobs, hand jobs, like full on sex, like these, these are the extras. And this is something that, uh, the, the dancer will negotiate with the client, with the, with the customer. Right. Right. And from my experience, the clubs I worked at most, most of that happened outside of the club. Sure. Um, and there are also dancers who do sex work outside of the club and never intermingle. I think that's probably the safest if, if that's what you do. Um, but like I said, I've also worked at clubs where if you even flash your pussy or something like that, you will get fired because it is a topless only club. And at the end of the day, they're protecting their liquor license. So it's not even about you. It's about how they make their money consistently, which is the bar. Yeah, exactly. And like, and we, and like sex work, we're we're huge, uh, fans and supporters of sex work. So we never would shit on any of that. That's not whatever we would never shit on anyone's like, uh, kink, even if it's weird, they're fetishes. Mm-hmm. And, and like to dive back in that, what was the request that was too weird for you? Like, what's the thing you got really, like, yo, you need to see Tabitha or Gretchen. Cause I'm not doing it. Like anybody um, would have a stripper named Gretchen. What the fuck? You know, I, there have been some weird stripper names. Like some of them are really quite normal, like a <laughs> Megan or an Emily or something like that. But then there's also like, you know, like the full on like princess or yeah. It's always for me. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, put it together for Starla. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, like that kind of shit. I've experienced many Stellas and stars, lots of stuff like that. Um, right. Yeah. So I've been asked a lot of weird things. For me, I always say no when it's anything sexual. You can't kiss me. You can't touch me. That's not for me. And there are some girls who aren't going to do extras, but if you want to, you know, touch on their boobies and their butt a little bit, their boundary is that that doesn't bother them. For me, physical touch is an energetic exchange and I don't want people touching me. So it makes lap dances difficult. And I used to do lap dances. And now at this point, I'm much more of a stage performer. Um, I'm a good dancer. I love performing for people when it's separate. And I started in burlesque where they would never touch you ever. Um, and so like, I've never danced in places like Texas, but out there it's totally normal for customers to touch their dancers from what I've heard from fellow dancers who dance down there. So when those people travel and come to clubs in other states, they think that's the norm. So even when your club has certain boundaries and you have certain boundaries, they get crossed. Like I've definitely been touched at the club. I've definitely been assaulted at the club. And um, there are times where I've stood my boundaries. There are times when I've had bouncers that I make sure to tip extra to keep an eye on me that have stepped in and really not to be dramatic, but like saved my life in that moment. So it's a sticky situation that I wish wasn't glamorized on TikTok right now because it is sex work is valid work. It's also very unsafe at times. I know people who have stalkers. I know people who have been assaulted in really extreme ways. Um, and I know people who have had nothing but good experiences. So it it's one of those things you just have to be vigilant and be smart and know who you are and be willing to walk away. Not all money is good money. It is not always worth it. Yeah, no. I mean, and and like the thing, you know, it's just like showbiz. Like the you rip a pussy yep. lip, the show must go on, right? Like you don't want to do yeah. something weird. Go see the next girl because the show must go on, right? It's always mm-hmm. that mentality, but it's almost like hyper fast. I would I would say it in, is. in the strip club. Um, and you have to know who your clients are. Like my clients, most of the time are men who have just been broken up with and want to cry. So I'll get them in VIP and then I get them talking and they'll talk about their heartbreak for an hour and then time's up and they're like, oh my God, we didn't even have time for you to start dancing. I'm like, I know, should we do another hour? And then we do and they get them talking and they just keep rambling about how heartbroken they are. And I'm not going to tell them that therapy is like a hundred bucks an hour, not a thousand dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just listen and give genuine advice. That's my favorite way to, we always say we run out the clock, not the cock. So if you get them talking about something they're passionate about, the time flies. Yeah, no, that's fucking great. Yeah, I'm like the queen of giving VIPs <laughs> where I don't even take my top off and they genuinely have fun and book more. And I'm like, I don't know why this works, but I go for the, the heartbroken. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, and somehow you wind up with, you know, $1,000 in Jimmy John's gift cards. So whatever. <laughs> if he paid in gift cards, we would have had a problem. <laughs> well, that's on top of the cash, right? With, right? Yeah, okay, this is go. fucking cash only, dude. No. Um, it was so funny. Yeah. That's like my favorite story. I have so many stories, though. Like I've danced for dudes who literally had like chastity belts on and then would like be in pain and leave and like didn't even want you to touch them, just wanted to look. I've had... A guy that I took to VIP, I did not dance for because he, in his mid-60s, got a dick enlargement surgery and decided to explain to me in extreme depth the details of that type of surgery. And so now I know so much about that. I never needed to know. But I didn't have to touch him once, right? So I got paid the same amount as if I were gyrating on this dude. And instead, he educated me on dick enlargement surgery. Yeah, from 60 years ago, dick enlargement surgery. That's fucking You never want to know. I'm not even going to tell you what that entails. Yeah, it's, no. No. Disgusting. This would, this would be where people would just like turn this off, you know, or whatever. So no. we, we we won't yeah. go there. Um, <laughs> what, what would you say is the absolute weirdest single request that you have gotten? Um, It wasn't a request, but I had a guy who apologized because he couldn't stop looking at my feet on stage. Mm. He was like... I feel like I'm disrespecting you because I can't stop looking at your toes. And then, oh, and that same guy tried to hold hands with my foot. And I was like, you can't touch. <laughs> he was like, even your feet? And I was like, yes, even my feet. You can't intertwine your fingers within my toes. Yeah. Also, I'm very ticklish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would imagine lots of feet things. Um, sure. The feet yeah. people were shockingly respectful of boundaries. Sure, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of stories around the show. Um and it seems like people who are into feet are like, uh, they know that it's a thing. And so yep. for that reason, most of them are like extremely kind and like gracious with yep. their cash. That's what I've noticed from, from, uh, from talking They're to people. Like apologetic. I've, I would almost say embarrassed to a point where they pay you extra because they understand it's not like a quote unquote normal thing, which mm -hmm. I hesitate to say that because I, you know, as long as you're not harming yourself or anyone else, get your rocks off however you want, as long as consent is involved. Sure. And as far as the feet fetish folks, I feel like they're very keen on consent because they understand that kink makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, I agree with you. Like as long as you're not like fucking hurting anybody or like conjuring mm -hmm. a fucking demon, that's going to take us all to hell. Like we're good. Right. Like we're, we're wonderful, but it's great. <laughs> it's great that they're nice too, though. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, what is the most common request or thing that you get i feel like because you said like dudes want to be like beat up and shit and like you know uh -huh. whatever i feel like that would be a thing they want you to dom them or whatever right so maybe it's that but maybe yeah. it's something else yeah so i'm kind of the queen of involving other bitches so with me you're most likely going to get a vip with me and two of my friends mm. um i'm the wingman i get paid the same but i bring in other girls or I'm really genuine, which they never think is genuine, but I'm just being a goofy, funny person. And then they'll tell me what they're looking for. And I'll be like, Hey, if you take me back with you, I'll, I'll tell me what you're into and I'll find that girl here and we'll all go have some fun. And half the time they'll be dancing and I'll be like, do you want a drink? Cause I'll go grab it. And then I get to leave VIP and grab a drink and come back. I'm still getting paid. I don't care if I'm a glorified waitress. That's fine. So my bag is doing duos and trios and, and like I've had like seven girls back there before and we're all getting paid the same. I just orchestrate it. So I talk a lot. I'm a talker in the club because I don't want you to touch me. And, and I never want, it's almost like a friend zone bro thing. I like bro <laughs> out with them, Yeah. which is really the fact that I'm a lesbian, like hustling these men. They don't know I'm gay. They don't know that I have zero fucking interest in any world. It's never convoluted for me. They have zero chance. So I just, you know, turn it into bro time, but then I'm in sexy lingerie. So they're confused. <laughs> and then they're drinking a lot. They're confused and they're having a fun time. Yeah. So that's kind of the void I feel. And if they want someone to just like touch all over them, they know that's not me. Right. But if they're lonely and need conversation, that's me. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, well, you're the power broker, right? That's what it sounds right? like, yes. which is great, which is, which just fucking fits you perfect, <laughs> perfectly. Right. Um, but the thing is that brings us to an interesting place. Right. And I have yeah. tons of other questions. We'll dive, whatever. But like, so you were with, you were with a man, you've ha obviously had sex with your husband. You talked about right. how it was, you know, good and whatever, and all these things. And then 
you are you're you're a lesbian. You've always been a lesbian. Um, and then you work in a strip club where primarily men are coming in. What is that like for you? Like, what is it truly like? Is it like ew, gross, or like oh, I can do this because it's I, both. It's both. I'm kind of the queen of monetizing my trauma. I I don't know when this shift in my brain happened, but. I think it was empowering for a time because it was like, this happens to me anyway. People assume I'm straight. People hit on me on the street. People grab me at work in the kitchen. Like you get touched in almost every field. And so there's always this weird sexual power play with men, at least from my experience within the career setting. And so I kind of just got to a point where I was like, fuck it. I already know this is happening. Why would I not make money off of it? And it feels a little disingenuous and hard for me with the tricking people aspect. But if you're going into a strip club and you think <laughs> you're going to walk out with a girlfriend, that's not my problem. That's yours. I'm not here to call <laughs> any fantasies, but really I just decided I've had so much trauma with men. And this is a really sad thing to say out loud that I've worked on since, but I basically was like, women get assaulted anyway. At least we can make enough money to pay our bills and not have to be with abusive partners at home. Right. And not to say that I had an abusive partner. That's not my situation. But I saw that in a lot of other dancers that just owned their power as women and made money off of it because it had happened anyway. So if men are going to sexualize you, it's a lot easier when you walk out with two grand in cash yeah. that day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's insane. Um, the things just that that I've, you know, been a man like in the nightclub industry for so long. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like. You've seen it. It's it's bonkers. It's so bonkers. And it, you know, I have uh four sisters and my mom is like, you know, a G and my grandma was amazing. And so I sort of grew up in this weird way where it was like there was a lot of female energy, like running the mm -hmm. show kind of shit. You know what I mean? And so when I got to um an age where I was starting to go and do the stuff in the club and started seeing shit. I was like, wait, what the fuck? So like, I can't even fucking imagine at all. Uh, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And I will say it's not always an empowering experience. Like sometimes you do feel like a caged zoo animal, but I feel like every job, even if you love what you do, there are going to be bad days. Um, but at this point doing stripping for two years, getting injured, taking a break, uh, I did have firm boundaries. I don't know what kind of clubs I'm going to go back to. I might go back to burlesque just because I love the theatrical side of it, the crazy costumes, the fans. Like I'm just one for the the queer dramatics. Like I always say when I am, am presenting, it's like I'm a drag queen because um, <laughs> there's just so much going into it. So the characters are so fun. But it's one of those things where like stripping can be empowering for a time. Some people do it for a short period. Some people are career strippers that just have a badass mentality. I'm a little tired. It was extremely empowering and it served such an amazing purpose. But now uh, when I slowed down getting injured and now I'm working through physical therapy, just now getting back on the pole, I'm realizing how physical it was, how emotionally draining it was, and how because I was empowered by making the money, sometimes I didn't notice how tired I was. And so I think it's good to take breaks too. And when I go back in the club, uh, if I'm strong enough to hold myself on the pole, <laughs> uh, I'll definitely focus on stage performing because that's what I love. And that's what makes me the best money because that's just who I am. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and like, yeah. um, yeah, and with your dramatics, right? The, the burlesque <laughs> is like your fucking bullseye thing, right? Um, yeah. And I think it's cool that you're open about it like how much of a hustle it is how hard it is like it's you so know hard. Yeah. people are like oh i could just go to the club and make so much money no you're probably gonna have to work for three months making the same amount you already do unless you get lucky with like new girl energy because right. what works for me won't work for you and what works for that other top earner took her years to figure out and now she mimics it with every other customer like you have to figure out mm -hmm. what your niche is and then sort of characterize or excuse me create a caricature of yourself it's it's bonkers and it did take me a little while to figure out and um like i said what works for me won't work for you so it takes time it's not just this easy money thing that people think like there are nights where it's easy i'm not going to lie the jimmy johns night was easy as fuck <laughs> It was easy because of who I am. Some people would have been so exhausted, like hearing hate speech all night. Mm -hmm. But I got called the, you know, homophobic F word in high school all the time. It doesn't, it's nothing new for me. So if I'm going to make a bunch of money off of it, but another person would be super triggered. Whereas 
that person who doesn't mind their ass getting smacked all the time would trigger me, right? So yeah. there are good and bad nights, just like any job. Yeah, just like any job. This one's just yeah. watch every angle. So, <laughs> so you're safe, right? It's crazy. Higher risk, higher reward is pretty much what we're talking about. Totally. And I love that you you put it into that uh, context. Yeah. And and also too, like every customer has an algorithm you need to figure out and figure out quick. Like for me, I remember when I would go to the strip clubs, like, you know, I haven't been to one in such a long time. They're so much fun. But mm-hmm. like for me, like I would tell the, <laughs> my trick was I would tell the first dancer that approached me that I only had five bucks. I'd be like, I only have five bucks because I just didn't want to do all. I want to sit and chill and drink and watch people go up and down the pole. And if I see somebody like it's rare, but like I'll do it. Right. But it happens like mm-hmm. once every five years where I'm like, that chick's got a fat ass. Let's go. Uh, it doesn't really happen. So I would tell them right away. And one time I, I was like, I only have five bucks. And she like stood up all pissed off. She's like, stay away from this guy. He's only got five bucks. And I was like, yes, thank you so much. Like <laughs> everybody left me alone. Right. Um, Cause you know, it, it's different for everybody, but that was always, always my thing. But everyone has their own little riddle that you need to solve to unlock their wallet. Right. And totally. And with you, if I saw that, I would have let you go to the bar, get two drinks. And then I would have talked to you like a friend and I would have tricked that extra money out of you. And some girls want it right away. Some people play the long game. It's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Some people go into the strip club looking for one girl they want to spoil. Some people go in wanting to equally spoil everyone. Some people go in and don't spend a goddamn cent. And those ones, you know, can annoy you at times. But it just, you have to understand from the customer's perspective. And I have gone in strip clubs as a customer. And so I like to think that I can see it from both sides, mm-hmm. which just makes me a better businesswoman, right? Because you could get pissed. And be like, this guy's here. <laughs> or you can take it as a challenge and figure it out. And you might fail. I've definitely had people be like, go away. I don't want to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I've had people tell me I'm too fat for them. I'm too skinny for them. Oh I've had people tell them I'm too white. I've had people say I'm too tan, which is fucking insane. The racism I have seen in the club. And it's so blatant because it's guised under like sexual preference. It's you are too much and too little and there's always going to be the right customer for you and not you just can't take it personally yeah it's really weird it's really weird and because of modeling and being in the industry i take rejection really well it does not weigh on my worth at all it really is kind of comical to me um but some people that aspect tears them down with their confidence because they're like i'm not as pretty as these other girls these other girls are making more money than me comparison comparison when you just have to realize everybody has a niche audience, you just have to figure it out. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and and you know, it it sounds like fucking Instagram on fucking steroids and crack Pretty mixed. Much. Uh, and yeah, because yeah, it's there. People love to point out what they don't like, right? But then they're like weird mm-hmm. about what they do like. Sometimes I don't know. It's it's fucked up. It's really fucked. And up. I would ask them what they do like and set them up with that girl, but also make sure I was getting paid too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, finders yeah. fee. So, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you have you had someone who knows you from? one of your projects, like one of your movies, uh, from school, someone who knows you are like kind of like a a Madison fan. Um, yes, no, I have had fans. So for people who don't know that this is really rude, don't ever call a stripper by her real name or ask what her real name is. That shit is in place for Mm. safety on purpose. Okay. It happens all the time. So people are like, what's your real name? What's your real name? But (laughs) me being a pseudo infamous person it still feels weird to call myself a celebrity like get sure. stuck in my mouth but oh i've absolutely had people come into the club scream across the stage madison fucking card and i'm like oh not the last name too <laughs> so like i probably shouldn't be saying this but i don't give a fuck my dancer name is velma sometimes it's other things but velma has been the main uh dancer name and so i'll be like no it's velma here and they're like maddie what are you talking about mm. and they get all loud and i'm like Dude, but the worst, let me tell you the worst, the worst that ever happened. My high school volleyball coach and his wife, who was also a teacher at my high school, which was not in the city I was dancing in. So they should not have been there because I don't dance in Denver where I grew up for that reason. Right. I've never danced in Denver because I don't want to run into like my dad's friends. Right. Or people I went to high school with. They come in and he was my history teacher and my coach. And so That being said, I broke my rib one time. And so he was in the fucking ambulance with me to the hospital. So he's like seeing me 
in a very vulnerable state, injured. Because I'm always fucking injured. And then he came into the club. And I tell you, I have never run so fast in eight-inch heels. He didn't see me. I ran into the bathroom and I hid. I paid the DJ to skip my stage set until they left. Because I was like, I'm not fucking yeah. doing this. I just... I. Yeah, I had yeah. to ask. I knew you had to. Every, I feel like every totally. every dancer has a story like that. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with them going into clubs. Like People are people, and teachers have lives outside of school, right? And whatever. And I probably shouldn't have said all of that, because people can probably figure out who it was. But uh, a teacher that, it, yep, is bad. So Velma, do you dress up like Velma then from Scooby-Doo? What, what is the pull? What is the pull? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have... That was like my, if you know, you know, because like Velma's obviously a lesbian. Um, And way, way back in the day, when I first moved to LA, I used to post pics for like feet fetish Mm -hmm. people. And that would pay my bills. Like my roommates and I would do like foot modeling. Um, And my stage name for that was Velma because I didn't want to use my real name. Because I was silly and I didn't pick a stage name like Madison Card is actually my legal name. And so when I do stuff like that, I use Velma. And then once I started stripping, they're like, what should be your dancer name? And I was like, fuck, like, I don't know. And then I remembered I had done Velma and I was like, Velma's gay as fuck. <laughs> and like, then if you know, you know, and whenever lesbians come in, the rare times that they do, and I love when they do, they, they get it. They're like, oh, Velma, gay. And I'm like, yes, it's like, it's like wearing a carabiner on your pants. It's like a secret code that we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that's awesome. And we we love a good right? pop culture reference around here. Um, yeah, so the one thing that I wanted to ask you before we get mm-hmm. off this topic and on to our last topic, which is also yeah. very fun and sexy. So is it true? Because I've seen this, I've done this, I've whatever, I've I've gone with like uh just just like girls who are friends mm-hmm. or like girlfriends to the strip club, but like, you know, they say when you when you take a woman to a strip club and then the strippers sort of like uh, are more interested in Yeah, yeah. Is this true? Because you can you can hit it from a stripper standpoint, but also mm-hmm. from being gay standpoint too. So like how hit it however you want. So it's yes and no. There are different types of women in the club. The ones we hate, 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 are the woo girls. They don't throw money. They just are like, yeah, woo, woo. And you're like, I don't want you to scream at me. It's distracting. I'm holding myself up by my fucking elbow. Don't scream at me <laughs> if you're not paying money. It's annoying. If you're throwing ones and you're just excited and ant, we'll go over there and shake our ass in your face and it's great. Right. But the woo girls or there are girls who think because they're women, Mm. boundaries don't apply to them. I've actually had many women uh, try to assault me in the club. Shockingly enough, you would never think that would happen. They don't even view it that way. They have no idea that's wrong. I've had the craziest. That was honestly one of the craziest things for me to learn is that women are just as unsafe as men, which is an obvious statement to say that abuse happens regardless of gender. But some women in the club don't respect your boundaries because they're like, it's just girls being girls. And I'm like, no, it's my job. Don't touch me. If your boyfriend touches me like that and you touch me like that, you're going to get the same treatment. But the women who pay money and aren't there to like judge you and like just look at you because we'll get, you know, the, the girls who got dragged in with their boyfriends. But when you get the girls who drag their boyfriends out and they have their wallet and they're so much fun and so nice. They pay you extra because they're like, I'm so sorry that men are horrible. Here's here's even more. I won't touch you. You're amazing. And then they just let you do your job. Yeah. No, I mean. I- so with women, I'm like hesitant, just like I am with any other customer. I just see how they walk in and what's on their face. And you can pretty much tell immediately with the ladies why they're there. If it's because a, a guy wanted to go there or because they themselves support sex workers. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, cash rules everything around Madison, right? Cream, right? There we go. So, so, right, so, right. and speaking of cash, right? You also are rocking an OnlyFans. Uh, I am. So, what? A, a, a trillion things. We're, we're nearing the yeah. we're nearing the end of the episode, but I really want to like dive into this a bit with you because I think it's important. I think it's cool. We love. It is important. We love sex workers. And safer yeah. Than stripping. Yeah. No. Totally. Right. So. Yeah. What is it like to have an OnlyFans? Um, were you were you scared to start it? How long have you been doing it? And I'm asking from a, a standpoint of people who are listening that maybe are thinking about starting one. Maybe they did start it, but they don't want to promote it, so mm-hmm. they're not really getting any traction. 
I totally get that. So I would say OnlyFans is safer than stripping because you are not actively with the people purchasing your services. So if you are interested in sex work, um, online sex work can be a lot safer. You can do it under a fake name. Um, there are ways to get traction without advertising on your personal social media pages. That is a little more difficult. I myself had a built-in audience. So that's obviously a leg up, right? Um, for me with OnlyFans, I started uh, right around the pandemic just as a way to make extra cash. And I've been nude modeling outside of sex work because I view nudity a lot differently, differently than most people. I don't think I was a sex worker until I started stripping because that's obviously sex work, right? Depending on your boundaries and everything. But with OnlyFans, I started by posting my repertoire of nude photos that I had taken for modeling purposes over the last decade. So basically, I just monetized something that I had already monetized. I didn't have to do any new work. I didn't have to shoot with new photographers. I already had the content. So for my personal experience, I obviously had a leg up in that aspect as well. Um, my OnlyFans still has boundaries just in the way stripping does. So that's something, again, that's like the theme of all this. Know your boundaries before you do things. Understand the internet's forever. If you want zero tracking of what you've done sex work-wise, stripping is the, is the way for you. If that doesn't freak you out or you can have a different name, like if you're not trying to be a teacher or something, which sucks that that's even something I have to <laughs> yeah. mention, but the internet is forever, right? So you set your boundaries, you set up the page, which is really user-friendly. Mine does not include any pornographic material. There are no videos of me having sex with anyone. There are no videos of me masturbating. That's just not for me. I know a lot of women who do that. I know women who have even tighter boundaries than me and only post in lingerie. Now, you would assume that people having sex are making the most money. That's not correct. Sometimes the creators who keep that mystery and that layer of like wanting more actually make more money. So if you're someone who wants to start an OnlyFans, but doesn't want to show their titties or their pussy, you know, wants to have some boundaries with your own body, you can do that. If you're someone who is like has a history of cam girling or things like that, and you want a more consistent income um, and not having to be live with your clients, making the videos prior and posting them also great for you. So OnlyFans, I think is a lovely platform to keep artists making their own money and they track it for you for taxes. So with OnlyFans, it's not an independent contractor. It's a W-2. So you still have money on paper if you're trying to like buy a house or something and it's legitimate, which stripping is legitimate too. You just have to file. And I'm always team file your money. You don't want to fuck with the IRS. I don't know how people are so bold. Maybe I'm just not. But for my OnlyFans, I post my modeling photos. I post pictures in lingerie, like, you know, cheeky selfies in my bathroom. There are full nude photographs of me. And there are some videos that were like artistically done that are full nude. There's just no active sexual intercourse going on. Um, but again, you set your own boundaries with OnlyFans. So that's really cool because you have all the power to show or not show whatever you want. And the payout is really easy. Most of the time I get my money within like a week or two weeks of when the transaction went through. Oh, wow. That, that, is, yeah. that is pretty fast. So stripping get at night of OnlyFans, like a week or two, like a bi-monthly situation. Right. You're yeah. someone who is then not doing like custom videos for people who pay extra money or is that something you do or is that something you not do? So the way I have it formatted right now is having the monthly subscription at a lower price. And then I'll post like one photo out of a photo set on my feed for free. And basically be like, if you want to see more, check your messages and I'll send the full set of photos for a like pay per mm, post mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. I do do custom content. It's just not sexual. So like if people want to see me in a sundress or a certain wig, or they want to see my feet or they like this kind of a pose, I'm comfortable doing that. Um, but I've had requests of like, can you fuck your ex or, you know, can you touch yourself? Those sorts of requests I don't do. Mm -hmm. um, I will say custom content makes a lot of money when you cater to people's kinks and their wants and their needs. I don't really like doing it when I'm in relationships. It feels kind of sticky for me. Um, when I was in open relationships, I didn't think twice about it. When I'm in monogamous situations, it doesn't sit right with me. I would say that's something to discuss with your partner. Um, different boundaries, depending on where you're at in your relationship. I just think open communication is key. And like, all my followers on OnlyFans know that if they want videos of people having sex to go pay a different sex worker that's happy to do that and wants to make that money. 
Um, cause then I'm not shaming anybody. I'm not doing anything that I don't want to do. And that customer from a business standpoint is still purchasing what they want. Cause I'm not trying to scam anybody. I'm not tricking anyone into thinking they're going to see a video of me having sex. No, you're going to see a very tasteful photo of me modeling or maybe a cheeky selfie in my bathroom mirror, but that's about it with me. And I still make good money. So for, for me, it's nice to combine that with stripping or what I would do is I would take pictures in the back a changing room of the strip club. And so while I'm making money at the strip club dancing, I'm making money on OnlyFans posting the like behind the scenes, right? And it's the same content. If anything, you're seeing more nudity at the strip club, but I'm making money from both at the same time. So it's all about like time stacking for me. Know that You yeah. know me, I'm all about making that bag. So totally. No, it's fucking great. Uh, work <laughs> yeah. harder and smarter. Um, yes, I- definitely work smarter. And with my back injury... The OnlyFans has been extremely helpful. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. So okay. So what do you what do you charge per month, right? And then and then what do you, if you're comfortable? Like what what was your biggest month on OnlyFans? What was your smallest month on OnlyFans? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So I used to set it up to where it was like fifty bucks a month, and I just posted everything for mm-hmm. free. And then I actually had a friend who was a creator who was like, maybe you could try this new format. So I believe right now it's nine ninety nine a month. And then I'll do like 50% off your first month deals just to incentivize people. Because once you get them in there, they're kind of hooked. You just have to get them to get that initial subscription. And so I was thinking about it kind of how you would view like Hulu or Disney Plus, like those amounts of money, for the most part, you can forget about, right? I mean, what is, you know, six, seven, eight bucks a month. But then once you get in there, the curiosity is peaked, right? So on OnlyFans, I've had months where I made like, a hundred bucks because I wasn't actively posting. Those were just from the reoccurring subscriptions. Um, I've also had months where I made like four or $5,000. So it's not as much money as the club, but there are ways to make it more consistent. I have not been the most consistent on OnlyFans. So those numbers reflect my uh, laziness, <laughs> if you will. So Really, with OnlyFans, you get out of it what you put into it. With stripping, there's a lot of luck involved. You'll have good nights and bad nights. like, And sometimes you have to strip five nights a week to make the same amount you would in one night. You can't predict who's going to be in the club. With OnlyFans, you absolutely can predict who is subscribed because it tracks your analytics for you. Yeah, and and the thing is, is I think a lot of... Well, I think there's two two different camps, maybe more people that that, mm-hmm. that think OnlyFans is a certain way. Recently, I've talked to a lot of women like you who are like, "Yeah, I'm naked. Uh, I show this, not that. I show everything, but I don't do this." Like, there's they have their boundaries. But the thing that I noticed yep. um, with women is like they'll do requests or they'll they've started taking requests. Like, you know, they'll tell a guy mm-hmm. how to jerk off or something for for fifty bucks or whatever, something like that. Oh God, yeah, I've gotten like, will you compare <laughs> my dick size mm-hmm. requests? And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't want to see any bit of you. I don't even want to know who you are. <laughs> I like them being anonymous. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to see any bit of you. <laughs> no, and someone else would be like, hell yeah, I'll degrade your dick for you, but mm-hmm. it's not for me, dog. Like I can't not to yeah. quote Randy Jackson from American Idol, but like I I don't want any of that. But for some people, that's there's no emotional weight to that at mm-hmm. all. For me, I would be traumatized as fuck if someone sent me a picture of their dick and was like, Can you tell me how big this is compared to like this guy? I'm like, no, actually <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Ask uh, ask someone who go go to the next girl. She'll do it. Right, for exactly. You, right? Go to someone who like that's that's their thing, and they make money off of it, and more power to them. What if a guy was like, "I want you to eat burgers and like tell me how stupid I am for twenty Oh, minutes. I've definitely degraded people. I've oh, okay. absolutely made videos clothed <laughs> where I'm like, "You stupid piece of shit! You don't deserve <laughs> me! I fucking hate you!" Yeah. Oh, I've done that. That's easy. That's just like getting out old trauma. I don't think I would want to do that. Like. <laughs> In the club, <laughs> those are case by case situations where sure. you have to test your intuition and yeah. again stick to your boundaries because not all money is good money. And I know some people are like, "Oh, it's it's just temporary, like that hundred bucks." And I'm like, "No, dude, you could meet someone who will just give you that hundred bucks and say thank you. Like you don't you don't have to do everything to make money." Yeah, and also it depends on the burgers, right? It's not Jimmy Correct. John, so we don't know what, what whatever that has. That's a big <laughs> that's a big big thing. Madison Card. <laughs> 
Thank you for coming back uh, to Sex Party. Let's remind everyone where they can see you, give them, or geez, wow, I've said this line so many times, I don't know why I would flub it now. Let's remind them where they can find you, where they can give you all their money. Yes, okay, so you can give me all your money, onlyfans.com slash Madison card. Madison is with a T. It's the only stipulation. All my socials, Madison card, super easy. You can see me on the first all queer, lesbian, non-binary, bisexual, just gayness reality dating show called Coming Out for Love. It airs this spring. You can get all of the information on comingoutforlove.com. If you want to see me cry, if you want to see the drama, if you want to see us talk about super serious topics that are actually relevant in real life, I know it's crazy. Watch our reality show. Again, comingoutforlove.com. Uh, thank you for having me. We're going to have to have me back on here once the show fully airs so I can give you even more tea. Yeah, I... Uh, we'll spill it. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to having you back once the show is out because then we can talk more about it because I feel yes. like it's going to be some drama, which is great. Yeah. Definitely drama. Totally. Thank you so much. I it It's seriously, I love having you on. It's so much fun. Yay, I'm so glad to be back. Totally. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Big thank you to my guest, Madison Card, for being here on Sex Party with me again. Make sure you go check out all her stuff coming out for love, her Instagram, her OnlyFans. It is all linked in the show notes. If you guys are appreciating and loving guests like Madison, if you want more Sex Party, if you want Sex Party to continue, if you want that Sex Party spinoff that I've been teasing, there's a couple different ways you can show that love, that appreciation, that want, that desire for more. If you are listening, on platforms like Apple and Spotify, you can subscribe to the show. It's most important. You can leave a rating. You can leave a review. You can tell your cousin Terry. If you're watching on YouTube, bloop. If you're watching on YouTube, I love you. I see you. I appreciate you. You can like the video. You can leave a comment. You could subscribe to the channel. You guys, I love you. Reach out to me in the DMs on Instagram, and I will see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. The party continues next week. Click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SexPartyFM. Follow Dustin at Dustin Ribka.